Good morning, everyone. And welcome to Goshen Baptist Church. It's great to be back together again. Uh, we had some time away from each other, and uh, I know that you had a great turnout last week when I wasn't here, so apparently that's the secret. <laughs> but it is good to see you all. Let's open our service in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are back together again, and we ask your blessing over this time. Father, would you speak to our hearts? Would you pour out your spirit amongst us? And may we be drawn closer to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. The call to worship this morning is excerpts from Psalm 57. You will read the part in yellow. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over all the earth. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. First hymn this morning is number 10 in your hymnals, Majesty. Please stand and sing.
I'm very grateful for people who can work on the fly like that. That's very helpful. <laughs> I just noticed that uh, my light was out for the microphone, so I had to go scrambling for batteries, so hopefully these ones last. Anyways, let's go to our announcements. Um, we don't have any upcoming birthdays and anniversaries, but we do have some that have passed. And so um, Clark Neelands, who is Debbie and Jeff's granddaughter, um, on the 5th had a birthday. Uh, Ruth Hurley yesterday, she turned 94. And then Bob and Carolyn Riddler had their anniversary as well yesterday. So happy anniversary. This week, our plan is to return back to our Bible study on Sermon on the Mount. That'll be Thursdays at 10 in the morning that we're going to resume that. And next week, we'll resume our study on the book of Philippians for our time of adult Sunday school at 9.15. Today, we had fun in fellowship, and we did some Bible Pictionary, and we saw some pretty um, interesting artwork. Yes, interesting artwork. But a lot of it was better than mine, so I can't say much. But we had a good time. As you will see in your bulletin as well, there are some upcoming meetings that we have. The deacons are meeting this Wednesday at 1 p.m. There's a board meeting that's coming up on Thursday, January 19th at 7 p.m. And then we have a congregation and business meeting on January 29th after the service around 11.30. And so that's on a Sunday. Are there any other announcements that need to be brought to our attention today? Okay. And of course, we continue to give in different ways. You can give through the offering plates in the back of the church. If you're here in person, if you're online, you can give through the email uh, address that's on the screen there through e-transfer and uh, we are grateful for the opportunity to give to the Lord's work and also we are grateful for those who do so. So let's return our time of thanks to him for this prayer, for this giving. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. Thank you for your goodness to us, the way that you care for us. Thank you for calling us to be on mission with you. And one of the ways that we do that is through giving to your work. So we ask that you bless all of the tithes and the offerings that are given. Help us to be faithful and cheerful givers, we pray. Bless the tithes and offerings. Bless the work that we do here. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Apparently give a guy a little time off and he forgets how to speak. So um, anyways, hopefully that will come about. We're now going to join in song once more as we sing Faith of Our Fathers, number 404. Please stand.
as we come back again to being praying for those who are part of our family and part of our circle of friends. Uh, there's uh, some updates that we've had. Uh, you may have noticed in the bulletin, we've been praying for Raymond's friend, Les Craig. Uh, it says, praise to God, his cancer seems to be in remission. However, he will be continuing with blood transfusions and chemo for the time being. So we do indeed praise God that his cancer is in remission. Over the Christmas season as well, some of you may also have received a card like this. We shared it at the board meeting that we had yesterday, and I wanted to take a moment to share it once again with you all here. It's a peaceful Christmas to you, to our Goshen family. Praying this Christmas, you'll have time to reflect upon the goodness of God, enjoy the presence of family and friends, and create many wonderful memories. Christmas blessings. We watch the service on TV, but it is not the same as being there. Miss you all, Lyle and Elsie Kraft. And the scripture, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And she added another little note as an update. It says, Goshen family, just wanted to give you an update on what has happened to us in the last year. A little more than a year ago, Lyle started having falls with no warnings, mostly with trips to the hospital, some with injuries such as scraped skin and bruises, but thankfully only one broken bone, the collarbone. It was determined that some of the causes were low blood pressure and low sodium, along with short-term dementia. We were entitled to get some help in the home, but we were put on the waiting list. So Sean, our son, was coming from Guelph three times a week to help with showers. Our daughter Lisa was coming one day, from, excuse me, one day a week from Burlington to help with appointments and whatever else needed doing. When we moved to Hickory Hills, we thought that it would be our last move. However, we decided that we needed to be closer to one of our children. They found a place called the Village of Arbor Trails in Guelph, a complex for seniors having different needs. On August 1st, we moved into an, an independent living apartment. It is a little smaller than our home, and I have a nice-sized kitchen to still cook our meals, two bathrooms, two bedrooms, living room, dining room, and a laundry room. It has been an adjustment for sure, but now I have PSWs who come and shower and dress Lyle. I also get three hours a week for respite, where I get a break. Some days and nights are challenging, but every day I pray for strength and patience, and God has given it to me. I am th thankful that we are still able to be together. Our children, Lyle's sister, brother, and their spouses are always ready to help when needed. We are so blessed. I miss Hickory Hills and all our good neighbors, our church family, and being so far away from our friends. But for now, this is where we need to be. Just wanted to send you an update as things happen so quickly. Wishing you a blessed Christmas season and hoping you can spend some time with your family and friends. Merry Christmas, and may 2023 be a good year to you. And they've included their address, so I'll, we'll have this posted up on the bulletin board for you as well. And we certainly miss you as well, Elsie and Lyle, and glad that things are settling down, down there for you. Continue to be, uh, have quite a few names on our prayer list. I was in briefly to uh, see Heather Ward and just check in about her mom, Margaret Ennis, that we've been praying for. She's still in hospital. 
uh, having a hard time with processing food because of the mass that she has. Um, and so she needs uh, our prayers, con continued prayers, I would say, as well. Is there anybody else that we have updates for? There's a couple that have been given to me, and I'll share those in a moment. I did get into a visit Lloyd and Alma this week. Uh, Lloyd at his home, of course, Alma in the hospital. Um, Alma's at the point where she doesn't seem to recognize Lloyd anymore. She's still friendly, doesn't say much, but she never really did, I understand. So, um, But it, she uh, gave me a smile when I came in for a visit, and just a short little visit with her. Took some time to pray with her and had a good visit with Lloyd. Um, he has certainly lost a lot of weight. He's trying to build up his strength, and so uh, he would love phone calls, visits. He's open to those things. Just call first to make sure he doesn't have an appointment and he's not out. That would be good. Kathy as well was telling me with Maddie that uh, they're seeing some improvement at the moment, and so that's a good thing. And so we continue to pray for Maddie and for her family as well. Scott, for your uh, Aunt Shirley, is there any updates there? Uh, last thing I heard, they do Good. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can come before you today and we can bring these family and friends, these loved ones and neighbors, and lift them up to you. Father, we thank you for the good news for Les and we pray for his continued care and healing. Father, we thank you as well that uh, you continue to watch over Lloyd and Alma. We ask that you continue to meet their needs. Father, thank you for the bit of improvement with Maddie, and we continue to lift her and her family up in prayer. That you would just care for them day to day, that they would know your presence, and would lean on your strength. Father, we thank you as well for the way that you continue to work in and amongst our churches that we have. This week we pray for our sister church, Hagersville Baptist, and also through the CBOQ, the New Canadian Baptist Church in Montreal. Bless them, we pray. Father, we thank you for the good news that surely is this therapy is helping and that she's got a place, it sounds like, that is an answer to prayer. Father, we continue to lift up those others that are on our prayer list today. Louise Groom, as she battles cancer, we pray for healing. June Chambers, as she struggles with pain every day, we pray for relief. For Dave Callahan, Father, and all of his medical challenges, and we pray for healing. Albert Hardiman, as he battles cancer, we pray for healing. Jack Hardiman, as he struggles with quite a bit of pain, and we pray for healing. Joel Prowse, the battles that he is facing too, we pray for healing. Carolyn's brother, Michael Antoinette, and we pray for healing. For Margaret Innes, 
Father, we pray for healing. Father, I also died. My mother-in-law, Evelyn Kay, and she continues to have struggles. And Father, we pray that you would find some answers to that. You bring healing to her. Father, for all of the other things that we carry within us that we don't share today, that are still in our hearts, we lay them at your feet. And Father, we praise you for the good. We praise you for the way that you carry us, watch over us. We thank you for this family of faith that we can belong to. We thank you that you are a good and loving God. And we bless your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to sing another song. It's a great reminder of what we think is so important to do. The reason that we're here is to have faith in God. Let us stand and sing that together. Number 536.
Scripture reading this morning is Matthew 15, verse 39, to chapter 16, verse 12. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. He replied, When evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, Is it it is because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Thank you, Scott. So today we're starting a very short series called In the Flesh. And I want to talk about reading the signs, the importance of that. But the series about In the Flesh is a reminder that Jesus was God in the flesh. I want to start with taking a look at John 1, actually, verses 1 to 5. So I'm going to flip there, and you can follow along if you'd like. John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What John is trying to describe to his readers is that God came in the flesh. He starts off with the words, in the beginning, the same words that start off our Bible, right? In Genesis, in the beginning. And that tells us something about Jesus Christ, that Jesus as the word, as John describes him, was there since forever. He was eternal. In the beginning, at the very beginning of everything, he was already there. Jesus was eternal. Tells us also that the word was with God. This tells us also that that somehow that is a mystery to us, the Trinity is 
three distinct persons. Jesus, as the Son of God, was separate from God the Father. We don't fully comprehend it. If you do, please write a book, and theologians will thank you. Jesus is somehow separate. He's not exactly the same person. I know, it's a mystery. Third thing we understand here, though, is it says that the Word was God. This tells us that Jesus is also divine. And some people, some Christian groups that call themselves Christians, get confused and they think that Jesus is only divine. But there is more to it than that. But he is divine. Sometimes other groups will say, oh, he was just a great prophet, a great teacher. He wasn't really divine. No, John says, he was God. He was divine. John says something else interesting. He says, through him, all things were made. Through Jesus, through the word of God, everything was made. John also says, without him, nothing was made that has been made. So all of this stuff, the Son of God was directly involved with. Just fascinating. He was creator as well. This is something else about Jesus that we know. John goes on to say that he was the light of all mankind. And with that, he is pointing out that Jesus is the Savior. He's the light of all mankind. The world is in darkness. And Jesus came to save us from that darkness. Right? The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Or if you see a footnote, you might see it says the word understood it. But the point being that Jesus is hope for all people. A little later in the chapter, verse 14, John says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. See, I'm talking about reading the signs, and it was quite obvious that John had read the signs as to who Jesus was. He understood who Jesus was. Jesus was God in the flesh, which is what we just celebrated, isn't it? We, all that stuff of Christmas where God sent his son through Mary to earth this tiny little baby, and we celebrated all that good stuff. Sometimes, signs might be difficult for us to read. When I was in Cuba with our Praxis program, they had these signs everywhere. And my friend Patrick said that they're just a don't sign. Because it doesn't really tell you what not to do, it's just a don't do it. Um, and so, everywhere there were these don't signs. And sometimes, it's hard to figure out exactly what they mean. Let's have some fun. Can you read the signs? What does this sign mean? Pedestrian crossing, right? How about this one? Men at work, right? Or construction. How about this one? Do not enter. Don't go there, right? Last one? If you couldn't figure that one out, you've got some problems it says right on it. <laughs> One way. So funny story. I had not been driving in Simcoe a long time. And um, down by the Bank of Montreal, just off of Norfolk, uh, there is a one-way street. 
in Simcoe. And somehow, one day, I, I guess I hadn't been driving by myself a whole lot. When we first got together, Beth did most of the driving, still does, actually. Um, but I somehow managed to completely miss the one-way sign, and I wound up going the wrong way down that street in Simcoe. Fortunately, there's a little parking lot halfway, and I just kind of scooted in there, because there was another car coming, of course, and they were probably wondering what my problem was. You know, some signs are more important than others. What are the most important signs? What are the most important signs? How about storms? We were visiting some friends down in Kohler, which is out Cayuga way, and um, we, this was many years ago. They were friends through Selkirk, Jim and Lori. And uh, I was outside, went for a walk, and I looked up at the sky, and it just looked weird. Have you ever gone outside and you've seen a weird sky? Maybe it's you know, yellowy or green. In this case, the clouds are kind of swirling around. And I have to confess, I have a problem. I like that stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I actually want to see once in my lifetime a tornado. Now, probably it will be once in my lifetime because that might be the end for me, but um, I would like to see just that raw power uh, from a distance, not destroying anything that belongs to anybody. I'm not into people's destruction of stuff. That's sad. But just to see it out in a field or something, out in the wilderness, it would be incredible, I think, to see that raw power. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Phil. He's been in one. Not a good time. I didn't say I want to be in one. Just see it. We know how to read the sky at times, right? We can see when a storm is coming like this. We know that the rain is coming. Maybe a tornado in the background there looks like it's coming down. You can read the signs. I have a question for you. Is this a good sign? Or is it not? How do you know? Ah, but is it morning or night? Oh, oh. Right? So how does that go again? Red sky at night. Sailor's delight. Red sky in morning. And as Scott read for us today, that's not new. It's been around for at least 2,000 years, probably longer. If you read the message translation, it may even put it exactly like that. And Jesus pointed out that they understood about that. And it's interesting in this story where the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus that day. And what maybe we don't know is that the Pharisees and Sadducees, there was, they really didn't like each other. But obviously, they liked Jesus even less. Because they came together to try and test him in that time. And that word testing, if you think it sounds familiar, we can go back to Matthew 4 and remember that when Jesus went out into the wilderness, he was tested by Satan. Tempted, but it's the same word. He was tested. And they came to test him. They didn't come because they were interested in being his followers. They came because they wanted to cause problems. Why don't you prove it? Let's get a sign from heaven. Show this that you really are the Son of God. How does Jesus respond? A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign. Wicked and adulterous? These are the religious people of his day. These are the holy people. They're supposed to be the best. 
And we would be stunned to hear Jesus say that around us. It'd be kind of like, you know, you're, I don't know, I would say the Pope, but he's got sort of, you know, different levels of favor depending on who you are. But the, the person that you know that you think the most of religiously, and somebody comes along and says, bleh, wicked, adulterous. Now, I don't know that he's meaning like in their own marital relationships. I think he's talking about the fact that they're not faithful to God. If we look in the Old Testament, the prophets talk about how the people were adulterous towards God. They would turn to other gods. They would turn away from God. Still pretty shocking in that day that Jesus would use that language. And then, when he has the opportunity to prove himself, he tells them that there won't be a sign. The only sign that they will receive is the sign of Jonah. No, that doesn't mean a big fish is going to come along and swallow them. It may seem a little confusing. What's he talking about there? Well, Jesus actually said this before, right in Matthew's gospel. Let's take a look at Matthew 12 and flip back there for a moment. Verses 38 to 40. Because Jesus unpacks what this sign of Jonah means. He's already said it to a group before. And some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And here's what he means by that. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The sign that he was going to give them, the proof that he was the Son of God, that they would know, they would see, was his resurrection from the dead. Interesting that that's what they would get. But, but maybe you think for a second, you know, we've been working through Matthew for a while now, and Jesus did some other things, like, there had been signs that he was the son of God. If we go back to the beginning of his ministry, we can remember the story of his baptism, where Jesus goes to John, and John baptized him, brought him up out of the water. What happens next? Thanks, I put a big hint on the screen for you, right? A dove came down, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and rested on him, and there was something else that happened. God spoke. You want a sign from heaven? There was a sign from heaven. God spoke. Said, this is my son. There's the Trinity, by the way. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Individual, yet together, all God. You work it out. Um, right. Let's turn to Matthew 4, 23 to 25 for a moment. To see another sign that Jesus gave them. Is Jesus the Son of God? Well, look at the work he did. Matthew 4, starting at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. Okay, that's pretty normal. Preaching the good news of the kingdom. Okay, prophets can do that. But then healing every disease and sickness among the people. News of him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, 
those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, the ten cities, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Because of what he did, who he was, because they could see some of the signs. Not long before this encounter, we have the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000 people with a little bit of bread, and then feeding the 5,000 with the bread and the fish. These Pharisees and these Sadducees, they could not read the signs. They would not read the signs. They were oblivious to the signs. And there's a reason for that. They did not have the Spirit of God in them. And you know, as we talk about Jesus coming in the flesh, being human, sometimes we spend too much time operating in our flesh. And these Pharisees and these Sadducees, they were responding in their flesh because they didn't have the Spirit in them. And if that's confusing, let's take a look at Romans 8, 7 and 8 to help clarify this for us. Paul talks about this sort of thing. He says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. Hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. And these people had evil intents. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. They saw him as a troublemaker, as an upstart, but they did not recognize who he was. They listened to the voices that they wanted to listen to, and they only listened to what they wanted to hear. These people only saw what they wanted to see. They didn't see the signs because they would not honor them and recognize them for what they were. We have this funny exchange that... The disciples blessed them. I'm sure I would do no better. But Jesus tells them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. And immediately they're thinking, well, Jesus speaks in parables all the time, right? So maybe he doesn't really mean the yeast of the Pharisees, but he's pointing out in a very subtle way, hey, dummies, you forgot to bring bread. And that's where they go. They're like, oh, well, you know, oh, gosh, did you get bread? No, I didn't get bread. And they go through all the 12, right? Did you get bread? No, I didn't get bread. And Jesus is like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. Don't go there. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't go there. The teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees was about a righteousness based on works. It was about a righteousness based on knowledge of studying the scriptures It was about their own abilities in the flesh of what they could do. And because of that, they could not see him. They could not see the signs. They could not read them. You know, if they had followed Jesus, really followed him like the disciples, they would have seen the signs, wouldn't they? With this group of Pharisees and Sadducees, we don't know which of the signs they may or may not have seen, but the disciples... If they didn't see all of them, they saw most of them. They're with Jesus. Whoa, look at him heal those people. 
casting out demons, turning water into wine, multiplying bread and fish and feeding thousands. I can't even imagine feeding hundreds, let alone thousands. They'd followed him. They would have seen the signs. What about you? Do you see the signs? Have you been reading the signs that Jesus has given us? We all know this. Sky, you did very well with that little poem that reminds us. Let's us know whether it's safe to go out or not based on the sky when it comes to boating. We look to the sky. Is that where we look for signs? Some people do want that. They look to the sky. They say, God, give me a sign that I can go on, that I can trust you. Give me a sign that you're really there. And then we're no different than the Pharisees who responded in the flesh. Because Jesus didn't give them the signs that they wanted at the time that they wanted. And so they said, that's just not a road I'm going down. So what do we do? Is there good news for us? Is there hope for us? Is there a way that we can read the signs? Well, if we read a little bit more in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, Paul says, You are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If the Spirit of God lives in you, you can read the signs. It's kind of like having a no-fail GPS, or, you know, if you're happening to do a back roads tour, a better navigator than me, right, Pat? <laughs> um, you can read the signs of the spirits in you. What does the spirit say? There is one way. There is one way. It's found in Jesus Christ, isn't it? Where do we go to look for the signs? We go to the word of God. We have such a privilege to have the Bible that tells us, it has all of the signs that show us who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. We can go to places like Hebrews 1, verse 3, which tells us the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. Perfect representation of God. Jesus is God in the flesh. An incredible thing. You know, the resurrection was the ultimate sign. When Jesus came back from the dead, we look at the difference between the disciples after Jesus died, and they're all afraid and they're all hiding. And then when Jesus comes back from the dead, and there's a festival in Jerusalem, and in the midst of that festival, the disciples boldly proclaim the gospel. And 3,000 people were added to their number that day. The good news is there's hope beyond the grave. That was what they clung to. Yes, Jesus died on the cross. Yes, Jesus paid for our sins there. And yes, we need that. And if that was the end of the story, that would be pretty incredible in and of itself. But it gets even better that there's life beyond the grave. For you and for me. And this world doesn't know that. They don't know that there is one way through Jesus. That there is hope for them. 
beyond the grave. So I'm going to say something very pastorly and say you need to read your Bibles. Or listen to your Bibles. There's audio options. Go online. Do whatever it takes. We need to be refreshed and reminded that Jesus is more than just a prophet. He is more than just God. Jesus was God in the flesh. And what a beautiful thing that is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. Uh, We are mystified by the Trinity, but we know that it is true and real. For there at his baptism, you spoke, your spirit was there. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful that Jesus came in the flesh to experience life as a human being, to know what it's like to go through everything we have, to experience the pain and trials that we have, to experience the joys that we have. We recognize that sometimes we operate out of the flesh. We forget that we have the spirit available and within us. Help us not to live according to the flesh. Help us not to be limited by our human thinking, but help us to be filled with your spirit who renews and revitalizes us and brings us life. And just as he brought life through Christ, his resurrection from the dead, we have hope beyond the grave. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Although it is the second Sunday in January, we're going to be remembering communion today. And so we're going to sing two verses of There is a Redeemer, and then we'll have our time of communion and sharing in the Lord's Supper, and then we'll sing our third verse after that. Please stand as we sing together. Number 308, There is a Redeemer.
And so we remember that this is what Jesus came to do. Jesus came in the flesh so that he could experience what it's like. The scriptures tell us that he was tempted in every way that we are. He was tested in every way that we are. And yet he was without sin. And so he knows what it's like to go through our life's experiences. But he is perfect. He was sinless. And so he could take our place on the cross. The scriptures also tell us that the wages of sin is death. That when we sin, what we actually deserve, what we earn is death. And yet the gift of God is eternal life found in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus did something that neither you nor I could ever do. He lived a perfect life. He was the Lamb of God as John called him. The perfect Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world and that's what he did. It's a reference back to the time of Passover. And the Passover Lamb that they would have, that they would sacrifice year after year in memory of the time when God had redeemed them from the hand of Egypt. And God has redeemed us from the power of sin through the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And so at this time, we remember his body and his blood, which was given for us, which was shed for us. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was gathered together with his closest friends, and he took a piece of bread, and he said, this is my body given for you. Let us now remember in a time of prayer the body of Christ given for us. Our Heavenly Father, we know that Jesus' body was beaten and his hands and feet were pierced that we might be whole. We are reminded he suffered persecution to redeem us to himself. We are in a place of safety and acceptance. We are in the body of Christ. And we thank you as we take this bread. In Jesus' name, amen.
body of Christ, given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. Scriptures also tell us that after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. The old covenant was kept through the shedding of the blood of bulls and calves, of sheep. This covenant is going to be kept through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let us remember his shed blood for us in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for making all things new. Make our hearts, minds, and lives new for this new year. May we reflect your peace and hope to a world that desperately needs your presence and healing. Today, I remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave me through the blood of Jesus. Thank you that your love is perfect and nothing can separate us. Amen. Blood of Jesus, shed for you and me. Drink in remembrance of him. The scriptures tell us that they sang a hymn and went out. And so let us stand and sing the final verse of our communion hymn. Please stand.
The word tells us that Jesus came in the flesh. And this is a good thing for us, but it is also a reality that it's too easy for us to do things in our flesh, in our humanity. Let us instead be filled by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, be guided by the Word of God. It gives us all of the signs that Jesus is indeed God in the flesh. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This being the first Sunday we see each other since before Christmas, I am the lucky person that, on behalf of everybody, gets to give you this. We kind of would like you to open that one right now, if you would. All right, thank you. Maybe I you should have a belt come up and tell us. Sure, that would be great. I do like gnomes, too, so this is just oh. cute. <laughs> Hold it. Do I have to be dignified? <laughs> 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 oh, something else in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is for Carl. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, this is for thank me. You. Uh. Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. Here's this way. This way. This way. And of course, we all know Brenda. This is Brenda's handiwork. Lovely. Thank you so much, everyone. And Thank Brenda you. in particular. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. And the socks are cute. <laughs> We also have a card on behalf of the small token. We wish you a happy new year. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone.